Welcome back to the Community Online Podcast. This week, we continue the series Naturally Supernatural. Remember, you can always find us on Sundays streaming live at communityonline.tv. We hope to see you there. In the doctor's words, it was nothing short of a miracle, and I was healed. I was in tears as I was receiving the word from God that definitely strengthened, encouraged, and comforted me. And in my heart, I heard him respond, I know. And those two words healed so much. Today, as we continue to explore what it means to live a naturally supernatural life, I wanted to start with a story that was faith-building for me. A while back, I was on a grocery run at Jewel, just an ordinary day doing an ordinary task. I was wandering through the produce section when I became conscious that, that my mind was thinking about our community Lincoln Park location. I have no idea why. It's not the location I attend, but, but because I'm trying to learn to practice this naturally supernatural life. In that moment, I tried to pay attention. I simply asked God, why is Lincoln Park on my mind? And almost immediately, my thoughts turned to Chris. Now, Chris is a Lincoln Park attender who for a time served on our staff, and I had met Chris a couple of times but never had any kind of extensive conversation with him. But in that moment, standing among the apples and oranges, I thought of Chris, and then the phrase, be strong and courageous, popped into my mind. Now, let me tell you what my normal inclination is in these moments. At best, I'd say a simple prayer for Chris and then continue on my way to the deli counter. After all, Chris and I didn't know each other really well. It always feels weird to reach out to someone out of the blue just because some random thought popped into your mind. But when I got back to my car, I sent Chris an email. I wrote, hey, Chris, I was just doing a routine thing when you popped into my mind along with the phrase, be strong and courageous. And I mentioned to him that the phrase is from Joshua 1.9, be strong and courageous, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And then I told him, I don't know if this is something you need to hear today, but I thought I'd share it just in case it is a prompting from the Holy Spirit. Well, in a few minutes, Chris replied and he said, okay, So yes, I did need to hear that. And then he told me, he said, I was on a run this morning and feeling a bit discouraged. And I asked God to help me through it, to give me a sign. And then he added, wow, unbelievable, but oh, so believable. In that moment, not only was Chris encouraged, but my own faith in what is plausible for God to do grew a little bit. Have you ever had a moment like that, where something you felt led to share turned out to be the just right thing someone needed to hear, or where someone spoke the the just right words to you? Well, here's what I want us to wrestle with today. What if we could experience moments like this frequently? What if we are meant to? We are in the third week of our series, Naturally Supernatural. And during this series, we're challenging one another to open ourselves up to the supernatural ways God wants to work in and through our lives. 
Now, let me just remind you that the point of living a naturally supernatural life isn't to have experiences that make us ooh and awe. No, the point of a naturally supernatural life is to experience a dimension in our relationship with God that many of us are missing out on. God is a supernatural being who is at work among us in supernatural ways. We can become so stuck in the gravity of human logic that we don't open our eyes and our hearts to the supernatural world. So during this series, we're challenging one another to expand what we're calling our plausibility structure. We've illustrated a plausibility structure with this box. At the center is our relationship with God. And the box represents our assumptions about how God will actually work in our lives and in our world. Whether we recognize it or not, we tend to box God in to our understanding of what is plausible. We don't expect him to work beyond these boundaries. And for many of us, the thought that we might regularly experience the supernatural activity of God lies way outside of what we deem plausible. The challenge we are putting before you during this series is to let God expand your plausibility structure, to open yourself up to not just the possibility that you can experience the supernatural activity of God, but to recognize that you're meant to. In our experience, we found that as we learn biblical theology, as we hear testimonies, as we engage in practical tactics, and as we trust God to work in supernatural ways, our plausibility structure will grow. And, and, and as each of our plausibility structures grow, the naturally supernatural impact of our church will expand. And one of the naturally supernatural ways that I believe God wants to grow us is in the practice of prophetic words. That is gonna be our focus today. Prophetic speech is probably one of the most misunderstood supernatural activities. Likely some of us even get nervous at the mention of prophecy because we have seen or experienced misguided or even harmful practices that people claimed were prophetic. When you think of prophecy, uh, maybe you think of the angry street preacher calling out sin and condemning people to hell. Or perhaps you picture someone who goes around calling everyone out on their, the skeletons in their closet, kind of like Jim Carrey in Liar Liar. You might think prophecy is knowing and airing everyone's dirty laundry. Or maybe when you think of prophecy, you think of someone who spends their time trying to predict the future, kind of like a God-sanitized version of a fortune teller. So perhaps the place to start is by clearly defining what we mean by the biblical practice of prophecy. Alex and Hannah Absalom, authors and teachers who are great friends to community, they define prophecy this way. Prophecy is the loving supernatural ability to know and appropriately speak the mind of God on a specific subject at a specific time by the prompting and inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Prophecy is meant to be a loving supernatural activity. It's not meant to shame or discourage or put anyone in their place. Prophecy is not about 
getting the stuff we want to say to other people off our chest or manipulating other people with with God told me language. The heart behind prophetic speech is love. It's about sharing God's thoughts and God's heart. It is prompted and inspired by the Holy Spirit. It is that nudge that we can feel inside of us, like I felt in the grocery store, that doesn't originate in our own will or desires. The reality is, God has always spoken to his people through prophetic words. The writer of Hebrews reminds us, in the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. Throughout the Old Testament, God used specific people to speak prophetic words to the people of God. But prophecy isn't just an Old Testament activity. God continues to speak this way and in a new way. I would argue that his desire is for prophetic speech to be widespread among us. And here is why I make that claim. If we look back to the moment that gave birth to the church, the apostle Peter says something profound about prophecy. It's the day of Pentecost and the father sends the Holy Spirit to rest on and fill the followers of Jesus, just as Jesus said would happen. Now, the commotion of all of this draws a crowd, and Peter stands up to explain what is happening. Listen to what he says. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. Peter is quoting the Old Testament prophet Joel, who had spoken the mind of God regarding what would happen after the work of the Messiah was complete. We live in that time. What Peter here calls the last days, where the Holy Spirit has been poured out. And what does Peter say will happen? Men and women alike will prophesy. The point I'm trying to make is that prophetic words are supposed to be happening. My guess is more of you have experienced prophetic speech than you might have realized when I began this message. Those times when you felt prompted out of the blue to share a word with another person who who told you it was exactly what they needed to hear, or those times when a word like that was spoken to you. Yet the idea that God wants to use each of us regularly to speak these words into each other's lives still might not seem plausible. That's why I want to challenge us in this today. I want to suggest that in this naturally supernatural life, not only are these prophetic words plausible, but as the Apostle Paul shares, the hope is that all of us will be doing this. Before we dive into what Paul tells the church, I wanna acknowledge that, that this is so new for so many of us that we're just gonna dip our toes into this today. I'm coming to you not from a perspective that, that we have it all figured out, but from the perspective that God is calling us as a church to live in naturally supernatural ways. I think that's what Paul wanted for the church in Corinth. And this is what he says 
about prophecy. He says, follow the way of love and eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people, but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. And then he says, I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, but I would rather have you prophesy. You see, here Paul talks about two supernatural gifts, tongues, which is the ability to speak languages you do not know, and prophecy. Now, apparently, those with the gift of tongues had a little issue with pride, feeling they were more spiritual than the rest. Uh, Paul speaks to that. In fact, he spends the entire previous chapter grounding our motivation for these gifts in love. Paul makes it very clear, you can have all the gifts in the world, but if you do not have love, it is pointless. Now, in this passage, he starts with the reminder that we are to follow the way of love. And, and again, this is so important as we talk about prophecy, because speaking a word of prophecy is meant to be an expression of love. It is not to come from a place of frustration or anger. If it does, that can be one of the surest ways to abuse or manipulate this practice. Prophetic words are grounded in love, love that is initiated by God and flows through you and me. In fact, Paul sets a clear filter uh, to help us be able to discern if a word comes from God or not. He says that a word of prophecy speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. As we mentioned in the beginning, many of us have the, the wrong image of prophecy. We picture someone yelling, someone calling people out on their faults. And again, that is not what a word of prophecy is about. On the contrary, Paul tells us that a word of prophecy will, will strengthen, encourage, and comfort. Just picture a, a hot summer day, and you've been out and about, you're tired, sweaty, hot, and someone brings you a cold glass of water. It's exactly the thing you need at the exact moment you need it. That is what a word of prophecy is meant to be for the one who receives it. It gives us strength to keep moving forward. It encourages us to not give up. It brings comfort, reminding us that God is with us. The great news is that God wants to use all of us to be the ones who give that refreshing glass of water to one another. So before we speak a word of prophecy, we should always ask, is it strengthening? Is it encouraging? Is it comforting? I would suggest that if the word we feel led to share doesn't make it through these filters, it's best to speak the word to God in prayer rather than to the person. On the other hand, if it does make it through these filters, even if it doesn't immediately have meaning to us or even the person we share it with, it will be encouraging. The goal of the prophetic word is to strengthen, encourage, and comfort. And that is exactly what our Aurora community pastor, Rodrigo, got to experience some time ago. Here's his story. 
I grew up in Mexico in a dysfunctional family. My father was an alcoholic and my mother did everything in her power to protect us and provide a safe environment for us, but was not very expressive towards us. As a result, I grew up with a lot of insecurities and fears. I was that kid who would play by himself in the corner and, and bother no one. But as I grew up, I always felt the need to feel accepted and appreciated. I am pretty sure I was, but I just could not feel it. In an effort to feel accepted, I excelled in school. I was a straight-A student all throughout my education. I found refuge in music and learned how to play a few instruments and became very disciplined to practice and be good at them. Once again, looking for acceptance and value. I tried to follow God's commands with the best of my abilities, not from a place of love, but thinking that somehow, if I just follow God's commands, He will love me and accept me more. One day I was playing piano at a conference. There were maybe a couple of thousand people and the preacher was talking about the fatherly love of God. I was obviously touched because that was something I felt I was missing in my life. But I was containing my emotions. I did not want to cry. I mean, I was playing background piano as he was speaking. All of a sudden he turns to me and quiets everyone, looks at me and says, I feel I have a word from God to you and I feel God is telling me he wants everyone here to hear it. He continued, I feel God saying to you that every time you got a good grade, every time you excelled in school, every time you said no to temptations and you felt no one noticed, you felt alone. God is saying that He always noticed. God says to you that He has always been with you and wants everyone to know that He's proud of you. God is also saying that your relationship with your earthly father is about to change for the good. I was in tears as I was receiving the word from God that definitely strengthened, encouraged, and comforted me. The best part of the story is that just as that person told me, God restored and rescued our family story. My dad found his way back to God, got baptized, and the last years of his life were the best years I could have with him. So a result of this, anytime I feel prompted to give someone a word, I do everything on my part to overcome the fear of sharing it because I know the potential it has to speak directly to someone's heart and need. I love that story. And I believe that God wants to give us more stories. Yet where do we start? How do we do this? I wanna share with you something that is helping me engage in this practice more. Five phrases that can help us practice prophetic words. First, Ask for words. Ask God to give you prophetic words. Let's operate in faith that God wants to give us words to encourage our kids, our neighbors, our coworkers. Paul encouraged the Corinthians to eagerly desire the gift of prophecy. So let's ask God for it. Second, listen silently. Listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. This may take some practice because many of us are not used to being still and silent. We have to create space in our lives for this. As you wait and listen, write down words, images, or phrases that come to mind. Even if at first they don't make much sense, write them down. Then filter in love. Remember the motivation behind prophetic words is love. Take the word you feel God is giving you and ask, is it strengthening, encouraging, comforting? Filter everything through the lens of love. 
Next, share in faith. Now, this is probably the most difficult one. This is where we need to step out and trust to overcome the fear of looking foolish, to share the word that God has given us. We can do this by sending a text, making a phone call, or even meeting someone in person. And finally, release in humility. One of the ways we release the word in humility is by being very careful to frame it humbly. We might say something like, I don't know if this will resonate with you, so please pray about it. Or, uh, in case this is something the Holy Spirit is giving me for you, I want to share. Now, notice what I did not say. I did not say, hey, God said, or God told me. Let's hold these words in humility. And once we share the word, we can trust that God is at work. It might have an immediate impact on the person we share it with, and it might not. I've had people say back to me, Well, that's random. And if that's the response we get, it's okay. The word might not make sense to the person right away. We can release it in humility. These five phrases are helping me practice prophetic words. Maybe you want to take a screenshot so that you can save these and, and use them too. And here's what I want to challenge us with. Sharing prophetic words is one of those supernatural activities that, that unless we train our minds to be attentive and make time for it, we will miss it. So I want us to stretch ourselves right now. I want us to get quiet for a minute and invite God through His Holy Spirit to put a word on our heart for another person. Here's what I'm asking you to do. Just close your eyes, and in these next few moments here, ask God to bring to mind a person, someone in your life. Okay, once that person is in your mind's eye, let's just take some moments to silently listen. Pay attention to any words, phrases, images, or maybe even a scripture that comes to mind in this moment. Let's take a minute to be silent before God and ask Him for a word for that person. Okay, here's what I want to challenge you to do. If God brought someone to mind and gave you a word, share it with that person today. You can text them right now if you want. Now, if you didn't receive anything in the moment, don't be discouraged. We need to practice this. And a great place to start is in your small group. Ask God to give you words for one another and then share what you hear. Paul reminds us the one who prophesies edifies the church. The idea of sharing words of prophecy with one another is meant to be part of the life of the church. It's needed in order for us to fully live our mission. 
We know that God speaks to us through each other. Just imagine what we might experience as a community if we became attentive to the ways the Spirit wants to use us to speak His words to each other. As we close, I'd love for you to join me in praying the prayer that we've been using throughout this series, that we would live naturally supernatural lives. Let's pray this together. God, expand my vision, embolden my heart, and release your kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. Amen.